Welcome to the Pete Primo Show, episode 115, Success Secrets for Store Owners with Kevin Fear, the CEO of Mattress Express out of Syracuse, New York. And I cannot wait to get to this. But first, let me just pay the bills really quickly. We have a new sponsor, and it is Bed and Industries of America for the open house that we have coming up in May 9th, May 10th, and May 11th. We are super excited. There's going to be over 53 beds shown. And more importantly than the beds, I can sit here and tell you, we're going to have some great beds there. And we're going to have American-made flex head hybrids there, uh, six of them, some with latex. Uh, and that's all exciting and that's good. But right now, what you need is traffic. We're going to have my good friend, Jeff Janakovo and my other good friend, Scott Vaughn, there to talk to you about traffic, how to get traffic into your stores. That'll be separate um, at the actual open house, one door down. And uh, any of you that attend the open house are welcome to come to any and all sessions for free. So if you haven't made your appointment, call me at 419-560-3169. And without a further to do, what are you waiting for? Buy my book, Sell a Million, over a hundred and one tips for furniture and mattress store owners to sell another million this year. If your traffic is great, maybe you don't need this book. But if your traffic is like most people's, maybe now's the time to do that. And last but not least, the Mattress Industry Network Group. Thank you, uh, Steve, for sponsoring the show. And the Mattress Industry Network Group has almost doubled in size since I started with it. It was under a thousand and now it's over 1800. If you're in the mattress industry and you feel like you're doing this all alone, you don't have to be alone. The Mattress Industry Network Group helps you to build, market, sell, and succeed in the mattress industry. If you own a store, you're welcome to join us. If you're an RSA, you're welcome to join. Just scan that. If you own a mattress factory, you're welcome to join. Anybody in the mattress industry uh, is welcome to join. It is a group run by retailers for the benefit of the entire industry. Join today. And without a further to do, Kevin, welcome to the show. It is so nice to spend a little bit of time with you. We met briefly at market, but basically we shook hands and said, hi, hi. And hey, I need you to come on my show. <laughs> yeah, I'd like you on my show too. And away we went. And then uh, Justin kind of reunited us. So I don't want to embarrass you. And I don't know if it's possible, but I have been hearing about you for years. Uh, first from Mark Klingenberg and then Justin Trombo. And then when I started doing a little bit of research and I started digging in on some of your older videos, I found one of my, one of my old teammates, Dave Paul. Oh, wow. uh, and you. So we, we have a lot of connections, Kevin, that, that, you know, and it's kind of funny how we only just met just, just recently, but from all accounts, you do everything right. And, and, and it's, it's funny because, you know, Mark Klingenberg is, is salt of the earth kind of a guy and, uh, very calibrated in how he speaks. And he basically holds you up as the ideal. And, then he warns people that you may not be able to duplicate what Kevin does because Kevin is an elite level marketer 
And Kevin is not only an elite level marketer, but he is a promoter. He's the actual talent um, going forward to to his tribe and the skill set that he has. You may not have, so you can't just assume that you're going to do some of the things that he doesn't have your success, which I find refreshing <laughs> because you know to make somebody think that they're going to sell you know close to a hundred. Uh, number beds a month uh, when there's only one person that I know of that's doing it um, it is just responsible setting of expectations, right? And we we often talk about that with retail customers, but we need to do it with our dealers too. So welcome to the show. And how did you get in the mattress business? I'm just Oh, yeah. I'm, well, I'm just trying to learn more about you, dude. I'm sorry. I have a degree in banking, insurance, and real estate. Uh, my family was in the insurance business. It's a strange story. They owned a chain of auto insurance. Well, they owned a auto insurance agency, and I went to work for them. And I'll make a long story short. I ended up owning a separate insurance agency, and I had a chain of auto insurance agencies. And I, I really didn't enjoy that job. I love that. I left and sold my share in 2000. And then I somehow I ended up in the Verizon wireless business and I had Verizon wireless stores. And I, I did that and, until 2015. But in the meantime, I saw the handwriting on the wall with Verizon wireless. Um, I did well in it, but I saw the margins going down, the competition increasing. And I had a guy who sold me newspaper print advertising. And on Saturdays, he worked in a little dirty window mattress. Or I didn't even know what that was at the time. And I would say to him, how, is, how are the mattress sales? And he'd say, good, good. And I would ask him questions and say, uh, you really sell mattresses? Yeah. And I said, how much? This is going back to the mid, probably 2006 or seven, right? Now. And I would say, how much can you make on a mattress? And he'd say, you know, we buy them for two or 300. We sell them for six or 800. I said, really? How many would you sell in a day? And he said, uh, we have some days we sell six, 10, eight, really. Uh, so it piqued my interest because I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a serial entrepreneur. I look for products where I can make a lot of money on one sale and then make a lot of sales. So it piqued my interest. So I started making phone calls in the betting industry. And then when I was busy, I would set it aside and then I would pull it back. I just started talking to people. I knew nothing about the betting industry. And I raised, somebody said, you need to talk to Dave Paul. And I ran into Dave Paul and we hit it off and, and, uh, he taught me the business. He's responsible for this. He got me into this business. So the rest is history. I did, had no idea what I was doing when I got into the business, but I bought a building and I opened a store in 2009. Wow. Yeah. That is, that's, you know, one of the things that I always say before you figure out what you want to do, you have to figure out what you don't want to do with yeah. your life. Yeah. And it sounds like you. Spent a little bit of time figuring out what you didn't want to do, uh, yeah. and so so here you are. That's that's a great story. Um, I'm just gonna shout out to Patrick Tinney. Thank you for saying hi, guy, and Kyle Danes from South Africa. I know it's nighttime there. Uh, and Daniel Herndon in Tennessee. Thank you for saying good morning, guys. And I'm I'm gonna tell you guys, you're in for a real treat here because. Uh, Kevin is one of those guys that's making it happen. So we're hearing mixed, mixed reviews on how individual stores are doing. And without 
asking you uh, really detailed questions, just in broad strokes. Kevin, how are your stores performing right now? Well, um, we're up year over year. Uh, wow. we, we, had a, uh, um, we had a tremendous January, which is unusual um, in, in this where we are. We get a lot of snow, a lot of cold. February was flat. Uh, Mark, we were down a little bit. Um, so it's, it, you know how it is out there right now. It's hit or miss every week, but we're doing yeah. fine. We're doing well. Uh, what I did is uh, in about 2015, um, I think it was, give or take a year or two, I think everybody went through this. All of a sudden, traffic just slowed down. And nobody knew why. All of a sudden, your traffic slowed down like 30%. And this is when the internet, we eventually figured out, this is when the internet took hold and it took all of your customers below $1,500. It took 80, right. 70, 80% of them. We transitioned to higher end betting. So our, our, our number of sales is down, but our ticket goes up every year. And we focus on just higher end betting. Uh, we do sell cheaper stuff. Um, uh, but uh, our main focus is high-end betting. We went from an average ticket of about $1,600, or excuse me, an average ticket at one point of about six or $700. Now our average ticket is about $3,000. So, wow. Yeah. That's, that's great. So I have a lot of questions now. Yeah, go. Shoot. Um, so, Kevin, I, I've, I've, I've been doing this for 41 years, and one of the real sticking points that my store owners have is, okay, you see a, you see a vision, Kevin, mm-hmm. but selling that vision to your managers and to your uh, salespeople is a whole nother equation. Mm-hmm. How did you do it? You talking about the, the air beds, the number? Well, you went from six to $700 average selling price to 3000 so yeah. you changed all kinds of merchandising, just number beds. I mean, you changed your entire merchandising over. Well, on top of that, uh, I have, I have always in every industry I've been in, I've been the underdog. When I was in the auto insurance business, we were the underdog. When I was a Verizon wireless retailer, I was in their indirect channel and they literally built a corporate store directly across the street from me. So I've always had to operate as the underdog. And when I got into the betting business, I happened to open in a town where a top 100 is headquartered and a chain of 50 some odd stores is headquartered. So I was locked out of a lot of brands for a long time. I didn't bring on my first name brand until the last five years. Um, I had to create my own markets and create my own brand. So I went out and I had an interest in air and I brought on, I won't say the brand, but I brought on a different brand first and we sold it decently, but I didn't like the lineup. So I went and met with the owner and at market. And, he, and I said, you really, I think you really need to have a, a, a bed for every bed sleep number has, and you need to have better lineup. And he, kind of poo-pooed me and said, okay, kid. And I kind of walked out and I stumbled upon instant comfort. And there was Craig Miller. And I walked in and he said, we have a, a model for every bed that sleep number has. And look how they're built. And it was took off. But how did I get my people to buy into it? Um, you have to buy in as an owner. 
If you're going to sell air, most people can't sell air. I don't know why. Uh, Sleep Number is the most successful betting retailer in the country, bar none. They have eight SKUs on the floor. They average over $2 million a store, and their average ticket is five or $6,000. Who are we to reinvent the wheel? Um, I believe that Instant Comfort is the best-built product on the market, got the best warranty. It's not hard to sell, but you got to buy into it, and you got to believe in it. And Mark Klingenberg came out and trained all our people. I thought he did a great job. Um, the way I really got them to buy into it is I pay very well. I give uh, my people a percentage of profit based on margin, post-financing margin. Um, I didn't come from the betting industry. And my friend, uh, Justin Trumbo, always laughs at me because because I always do things a little differently because I didn't come from the betting industry. and. And that's how I met Justin before I put instant comfort on the floor. I said, I want to talk to somebody who's selling this successfully. And Mark Klingenberg put me in touch with Justin Trumbo, who, who helps run Mattress World Northwest and owns the Bed Tech franchise in, in the Midwest and in Illinois. And, uh, if that's the Midwest and, um, we hit it off. We've been good friends ever since, but I pay my people a percentage and they can make up to $1,500 on one number bed. So once a few people got a couple out the door, they caught on very quickly. So you really already had the compensation plan in place for them to embrace this eyes wide open going, oh my Lord, I, I can really make a lot of money. Uh, so they're, they're aligned with your, with, with what your directives are. So that's, that's great. A lot of times you have to, change the way you compensate people to get them to sell better bets. I'll never uh, understand why betting owners don't want to pay their people well. I don't like turnover. I don't I don't want people coming and going. I want great people to stay. We work a four-day work week. We work four 10-hour days a week. Um, we're open um, 10A to 9P Monday through Saturday, 10A to 8P on Sunday. And, um, we then brought in Posh and Lavish after that. And that was our second high end betting brand. I just got, I'm just rolling out in my stores TSI. I finally got big enough where they couldn't ignore me anymore. And I, I got TSI and we're just rolling that out in our stores now. I've had CERTA, but I SSB, but I haven't had them on my floor in a few years because it just wasn't a good fit for us. Could bring them back in the future. And one of the interesting things, uh, when I'm talking to some of my guys that we talk shop a lot with Jeff Janakovo, you know, one of his criticisms of the industry is, you know, retailers should never allow, uh, or be dependent on a mattress brand, any mattress brand, but especially a name brand mattress brand who creates advertising that creates advertising campaigns for their own best interests, not for your best interests. Right. And you, you know, kind of delegating that marketing piece out. Uh, you didn't have that luxury. You had to market yourself, your identity, yeah. your competitive strengths from the get go. Yeah. I, um, you mentioned BIA at the beginning. I've done business with them since day one. They're a great company. Um, they were always willing to help me create, um, uh, 
models that I needed. I've carried many of their brands over the years. Um, always been very, very good to me. Stuart Carlitz owns that. Always has yeah. treated me very well. Um, yeah. You, you know, I just created my own markets. I had to do the same thing in other businesses. Uh, if you're going to go in and just rely on TSI and SSB to be your identity, it's not going to work. No, it's not. You know? It's not going to work. And, and, and unfortunately, uh, sometimes these companies reps position them as as an easy pill. Hey, listen, you're doing okay without us, but boy, if you put us on the floor, everything is magically is going to change. And I hear hundreds and hundreds of stories every year that really very little, if anything, changed. And the reality is you have to drive that market in peace uh, and, and you have to drive uh, your merchandise and your market in to make sense for your customer and and for your people. I love how you pay your people and I love your philosophy. Um, you know, when I started hiring reps, I, I said two things to my accountant wife. And she looked at me like, huh? and I said, number one, if there's ever a tie between me and the salesman, the salesman gets it, period. Don't bother me. Don't ask me. The answer is always yes. And even if it's going the other way slightly, we pay our salespeople first because I'm like you. I do not. When I get a hold of a good dude or do that, I don't want to let them go. They're sure. so rare. They're like diamonds, right? Yeah. Sure. You mean you want the best and the brightest? What is wrong with paying them well? I, 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 I've just, I don't get it. I just don't get. It. I pay up to twenty percent of the profit in the right scenario to wow. the um, to the um, staff, but it's all it's all based on margin. Uh, we are a margin focused company. Uh, we run an average of about sixty points. Uh, and it's post-finance margin. We calculate the cost of financing right into the margin. Uh, a lot of companies Smart. don't do that. I, I don't know Smart. why they don't do that. It's a huge cost. And it gives the um, a rep the incentive to use financing that is, you know, advantageous to the customer, but advantageous to us as well. And uh, they understand that if the company makes less, they make less. And the great thing about it is, if I ever have a, a, a team member come to me and say, I'm not making enough money, well, then I'm not making enough money. And it's not a fit, right? I mean, if you're not making money, I'm not making money. It's just the way my whole pay structure is designed. Yeah, uh, there's that's no, awesome. But there's no perfect pay structure. You know, on the flip side of that, I've seen so many betting stores that don't embrace financing to its fullest. We do so much financing. Um, we have nine or 10 finance companies between lease to owns and financing and, uh, you know, A and B financing. And, um, it makes the difference when you're trying to get a deal done. Yeah. It, it really does. It's a great tool and it's a tool that not everybody fully utilizes. And as the economy gets tougher, it becomes more important to help stretch the sale and, and to maximize the sale and. Forget about maximizing the sale. What's usually the customer's thing that's going to make them wake up happy and pain-free isn't the cheapest thing in your store. It's usually among the best things in the store that costs the most. They need it. And 
you know, when we start talking about the best solutions for the customers and if it requires financing, then it requires financing. So you made this pivot and no pivot is without pain. So your guys pretty much jumped on board from the get-go. So that really wasn't a pain point for you, was it? Well, it's always, you know, changing the culture in your company is like turning a ship. It happens slowly, but you, you have to buy in as the owner. You have to continue to deliver that message. You, when you get someone in your organization who makes that first sale of the number bed, um, you have to broadcast it. You have to get them to talk about it. All my people get paid exactly the same as salespeople. Managers get an extra bonus. And uh, I would say to them, you know, so-and-so just made $1,400 on a sale selling a number bank. And once you start doing that and buying into it and constant training, you know, we had Mark Klingenberg come up um, regularly in the beginning and work with our people. And once they believe in it and start selling it, the ball just starts rolling quicker and quicker. But the other side of it too is you have to advertise. You have to tell the public what you're doing. I mean, you can sell anything you want, but if you don't have the people coming through the door to what I did is I do an infomercial for the number bed and I run it several times a day, seven days a week, a 30 minute infomercial. And, uh, in fact, you, you brought it up briefly. I'm just getting ready to film a new one, but, uh, it's very educational for the customer. And I have people that walk in the door, they're ready to buy, you know, they've already seen the infomercial. They've already bought into the idea. They just want to try it and, and move forward with it. So the question I often ask my dealers is what are you delivering to your salespeople? And are you delivering them a mattress that you advertise for $29 and the next step up is 99 Or are you advertising something like this, an infomercial where a customer comes in and the only thing is, which one is it comfortable for me? Because I've already bought into it lock, stock, and, and barrel. I mean, I think that's beautiful. What you're delivering to your uh, retail sales pro on the floor is a, basically a pre-sold customer that there's very few questions. Uh, they just need to find their comfort level in which bed and 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 take it from there. So that's that's that's. Incredible. I um I don't advertise anything other than luxury bedding. I don't. You know, I haven't bought into the idea of advertising a three ninety nine or four ninety nine bed. That's I don't I don't swim in that. That's not my customer. Um, I have them. If you come into my store, anything below seven ninety nine is racked in a twin. Um, I just that's you know, and some people would argue with me and say, "Well, I bring that seven ninety nine customer in and I turn him into a three thousand dollar customer." I found that that went away. When the internet came in, I found that that customer gravitated to the internet. Um, I want, uh, I focus on 40 and up demographic. Um, and the nice thing is with the addition of TSI, we now have, um, every technology on our floor. We, uh, 
I didn't mention before we have Purple. I was the smallest retailer Purple had ever signed up in the nation. I called the national sales manager who's not there anymore, but we hit it on. And he said, listen, and we had a couple of mutual connections. He said, I'm going to take a chance on you, but you need to sell X number of dollars in wholesale the first year. And I said, if I tell you I'm going to do it, I'll do it. And we brought in Purple and I knocked it out by about September. What do you wanted me to do? About nine months. So, so we have Purple we have, and we have Puffy so we can have the national online brands. Um, we have Instant Comfort, Personal Comfort, um, Temper, Stearns, Sealy Hybrid. And I have, you know, a mixture of, uh, I have Posh and Lavish, um, some BIA stuff on the floor. So, but I focus, so, you know, it's luxury. We have very, we don't have a, we don't have a lot of low end on the floor. That's great. That's great. Because the guys that are still swimming in the low end pond are, they're suffering uh, right now. They're, they're, they're not doing well. The guys that are doing well are the guys that are doing either exactly what you're doing or very similar. So talk to me about adjustable beds and the difference that that's made. You know, when me and you started in this business, Kevin, you know, we had one or two adjustable beds in the back corner and we sold one or two a month and, 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 and it's completely changed. Yeah. I, I fooled around with a few different brands. And then when I met Justin, I went 100% bed tech through him. I found them to be, that's the brand I go with. They're a quality product. Uh, he's a great guy to deal with. Um, he treats me right. What I do in my stores, and again, not every retailer does this, every bed in my store, if it can, if it can uh, function with an adjustable base, it has an adjustable base underneath it. I just opened a new store that's got 58 beds on the floor, and, and almost all of them have an adjustable base underneath it's expensive, but if you want to sell them, the customer needs to experience it. Right. You have to make it easy for your sales pro to make a presentation where they are, not have to hop over to the other bed or start schlepping. Uh, because one, one of the things that's changed in the last 20, 30 years is, you know, customers bandwidth, their, their attention span is not what it was. Mm -hmm. Uh, not that it was ever great. Uh, right. but. It, they're they're not gonna sit there and uh you know let you move around a bunch of stuff. Um so that's so what would you say to somebody who really isn't selling the adjustable bed bases? What would you say to that retailer? Wake up. <laughs> I tell the customer and again, I deal with a demographic that's 40 and up. I'm 56 years old. I tell the customer, buying an adjustable base is like when they came out with heated seats in cars. If you have never had an adjustable base, when, when heated seats first came out in cars, people my age will understand this. People said, I would never pay for that. That's, a, that's crazy. And then, But once you've got a car with heated seats, you'll never live without it. And that's, that's what an adjustable base is. You know, I say the days of sleeping on a flat rectangle are old. Uh, we sell a lot of flex head beds as well. And uh, our attachment rate is very high. I don't know what it is off the top of my head, but it's very high. We buy, we buy containers of bases at a time. I carry four different models. I try not to get too carried away with the different models, but I have a, a heads up, an entry level head up, foot up. 
a premium level head up foot up and then i have a 3000 which is a head up foot up dual motor massage i don't think you need much more than that some people sell a another level up with the lumbar and the and the head tilt i haven't found a need for it but some people like to sell that okay so what would you say to a retailer who's like okay this guy's making a lot of sense. What I'm doing is not really working. What would be your advice? What would you, you know, well, they're, they're not where they want to be. They need a merchandise up. Where would you, based on your experience, Kevin, where would you have them start? When I was in the bedding or in the, in the wireless industry and the industry was changing and I didn't understand what was happening, I hired a consultant who I still work with to this day. And he was a guy who was involved with the softer side of Sears, the 30 minutes or it's free dominoes, et cetera, et cetera. And he said to me, what's the average age and sex of your customer? And I said, well, I would imagine. He said, I don't want to know what you imagine. I said, well, I guess. He goes, I, want, I don't want you to guess. I want to know who it is. So I pulled all our wireless contracts for two years and I had thought in the wireless industry back then, that it was probably a 20 or 30 something year old female. It was a 56 year old male. Oh, you wow. have to figure out who you're selling to, figure out who your customer is. If you haven't tried to sell higher end bedding, don't be afraid of it. People are so afraid. I'm telling you, we, we do six to $15,000 tickets every day, every day. Don't be afraid of it. People want to buy quality. People want to be comfortable, especially in today's world. You have to understand what you're doing. You have to understand the product. You have to understand who you're selling to. If you don't, the first piece of advice I would tell you are get to know people in your industry. Every industry I've been in, and a lot of friends, even competitors that were friends of mine. Um, but get involved in this mattress industry network. Get on Facebook. Get involved with some groups. Talk to people. Find people that are successful. Find out what they're doing. Call and meet. Talk to them on the phone. Um, and shop other mattress stores. When you're on vacation, when you're out of town, shop other mattress. Shop stores that you want to be like and see what they're doing that you're not doing. But you're your own worst enemy. You know, you run into this with salespeople. If you don't believe the customer will spend $10,000 on a mattress, then you're not going to sell a $10,000 mattress. Just keep in mind, there's brands like, you know, Hastings and there's a million of them that sell $100,000, $200,000 mattresses every day, every day. And you're afraid of a $10,000 mattress? Go to sleep number. That new heated and cooled bed I'm told is $15,000. Yeah. Great advice, Kevin. Great advice. That leads me to halftime, and I'm going to read a chapter from my book. It takes one to two minutes. Those of you who already have my book, believe it or not, it's chapter 18, Know Your Who. Successful marketers know before they even think about creating a marketing piece or a campaign, they have to invest time and energy into creating a crystal clear picture of the person they're marketing to. You take the time and effort to think about your who before you map out your campaign. Most marketers and business owners don't invest the time to think about their who before they begin their marketing. And result 
and the result is marketing that doesn't reach its potential. In the previous chapter, I showed you the power of answering the question, what's in it for me? And until you know exactly who you are trying to market to, you cannot answer this question. Before you start the next marketing effort, take some time and create a profile of the person you want to respond. Where do they live? Are they married, retired, have kids, in school? What are their hopes? What are their fears? The more questions you can ask and answer and then use, the answers in your marketing, the more effective your next campaign will be. What say you? What say you, Kevin? You pretty much already said that. <laughs> I'm a big, I have been, you know, my my real forte, I'm not, I don't like managing people. I'm not great at managing people. I'm not the operations guy. I'm a marketer. I'm an advertiser. I've been advertising for 30 years. You've got to advertise. You've got to um, early to bed, early to rise, work like hell and advertise. That's what they say, right? But I, <laughs> I still, the first place I tell people is I, I love radio. I still do an enormous amount of radio. I don't think it's going anywhere. It doesn't, you know, boy, 25 years ago, I used, there was two radio stations in the market, three television stations and a newspaper. If you got on most of those, you had 5% of the market. It's so segmented now. It's tough. So you got to pick the radio station you want to, you know, it's going to hit the, you know, the demographic that you want. And um, the same thing if you're doing television, even if you're doing cable, I used to buy a tremendous amount of cable TV and I would focus on the news programs and Turner classic movies and Lifetime and the stations that hit the demographic that I was going after. You don't want to be on Disney, right? You don't want to be on a, uh, um, a station, you know, that, that plays to 15 years to 20 something year olds. If you're selling luxury betting, those are not the people that come in and buy that kind of betting. Um, I would tell you just to study what, you know, look at sleep number. They're the most successful betting retailer in the country. Just yeah. look what they're doing. Look how they market their product. Go shop them. Especially if you're going to bring air into your store, go and keep shopping sleep number. They're doing it right. Learn from them and learn what they're doing right and learn what they're doing wrong. Yeah, I encourage all of my retailers, even the ones that aren't in the uh, number bed business, just shop them. Shop yeah. a few stores, and what you're going to notice is they're well trained. That that's the first thing you're going to notice, and you're going to also notice that the process doesn't vary from one store to the other. And if it does, one of those salespeople are probably going to be let go pretty soon because if you don't follow their process, you don't survive there. You, you're going to follow their process. They're well-trained. Um, if we make a mistake in this industry, we don't really train enough and we don't train well. There aren't enough Mark Klingenbergs out there. Um, when I heard, first heard about Mark, I said, nobody's that good. And then I started working with him. And I watched him and I said, oh boy, he's all that. He's a, he is all that. I mean, he's special. He is, he is a diamond crusted unicorn. He, <laughs> I mean, he is in our industry and I wish he wasn't. I wish that he was the norm. I yeah. really do for the benefit of all of our retailers, because, uh, one of, one of the things that I often say is, to store owners is, why do you let people who have never, ever sold a bed at retail train your salespeople? 
right? <laughs> and 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 the answer to that question is that's all the name brands hire. Yeah. You, you know, know, it, you know it, it's sad. If you don't have a sales process in your organization, or if you don't really know how to sell, you've got to learn. Uh, one of the things we do, we train, is for the, the salesperson to ask five questions when the customer comes in the door. Um, and this is through the you know years and years of selling beds and making mistakes and trying to figure it out. And we don't rifle these questions off. They're asked in conversation. And the first question we ask the customer when they come in is, who's the bed for? Now, if it's a, a, a gentleman and he says, it's for my wife and I. And the next question is, okay, that's great. Does your wife need to be here to pick the bed out? Many times they'll say, yes, I'm just here to get prices. Well, that should be a huge red play. We don't go show them a number bed. We show them like a six or eight hundred dollar bed and we make an appointment for the wife to come back. Because if you don't, the gentleman goes home that night, talks to his wife, says, we have an appointment to go on a mattress express on Saturday. And what's the first question she asks? He said, I found a bed I think we might like. And she says, how much is it? And if you say, well, it's $9,000. And she said, we're not buying a $9,000. And it's over. So you've got to ask that question. You've got to ask, what happened to the old bed? I had a woman come in one time and she said, I bought a bed from one of your competitors two years ago. My husband has terminal cancer and he's bedridden. It's failing and they won't warranty it. Well, that's kind of important to know, right? If you're going to sell them a bed. Third question is, um, what needs do you have? Do you have, you know, do you snore? Do you have bad back, bad hips? For obvious reasons, selling is collecting of information and then finding out what their needs are and then telling them why your product is going to solve those problems, transfer that confidence back to them. The fourth question is really important and a lot of people don't ask it. It's so important. Have you seen anything? Have you been anywhere else? Have you seen anything else out there that you like? So many times a customer goes into another store. They have a weak betting salesperson. They find a bed they kind of like, but that salesperson doesn't convince them that it's a good bed. So they're in your store to prove to themselves that that other bed was a good deal. So you need to know that if they found a bed somewhere else at $1,400 that they really like, you might want to be careful showing them a $3,000 bed, right? You've got to find out where they want to be and find out or at least address why that bed is $1,400 and yours is $3,000. Then the last question we ask is very interesting. Uh, we say to the customer, so... It's for you and your wife. You're both here. You haven't found anything else out there you really like. You've got some a bad back. Maybe you're waking up with some sore spots. Uh, when you find the right bed at the right price, are you ready to move forward? And you shake, you nod like this. Because when you nod like this, the customers start shaking their head yes. And if they say anything other than no, it's a yes. And you... Continue to ask that question politely until they say yes. That way, when you get to the end of the sale, the presentation, excuse me, and you ask for the sale, which so many people don't do, and they say, well, we're going to go talk about it or we're going to go have lunch. That When you hear that, that means, thank you. You were very nice. You were, very, you were nice to work with, but you haven't convinced us to buy and we're leaving to go look somewhere else. That's what that means. They're not coming back. Very rarely do they come back. You can say to them, now, wait a minute. 
Mrs. Smith. You told me when you found the right bed at the right price, you were ready to move forward. <laughs> Do you like the bed? Well, yeah. So then it's either the price or my breath. What is it? It's always the price. It's <laughs> always the price. Um, but when you ask those five questions, you're eliminating objections is what you're doing. And if you truly ask those five questions every time, politely in conversation, you will close far more betting. And you can't be afraid to be politely bold with the customer. I had a guy one time years ago when I was learning the business, and I spent about an, an hour presenting this 12-inch memory foam to him. And we got to the end, and he said, I'm going to think about it. And I, I said back to him, you told me when you found the right bet at the right price, you were ready to move forward. And I said, and he said, well, and I said, listen, if I could put that bed in, in your trunk for a dollar, would you take it? He said, well, for a dollar, I would. I said, okay, well, my price is $14.99. Where do I need to be between a dollar and $14.99? And the guy looked at me and he said, $1,250. He fired it right back at me. And I went over and I grabbed a calculator and I hammered it. This is pretty thin, but you know what? I'd rather sell it to you thin than not sell it. And it really wasn't that thin, but I said, I'd rather sell it to you thin than not sell it at all. And, and I delivered the back. So you can't be afraid to be bold with people. You said something very interesting. You said it twice. What's that? In conversation. Uh, so I just want to unpack this a little bit. So you're brand new uh, as a sales pro and you're writing these questions down. By the way, these are great questions. Great questions. If you rifle them off one after the other, and it sounds like an interrogation, you are going to turn your customer off. What Kevin so eloquently said two or three times is in conversation. And here's the other thing. Be bold. Shop your competitors. Know that you, the person looking back in the mirror, deserves the sale because you know you're going to do the right thing for the customer. You should know that and you should never stop short of writing the order for yourself, for your company, but most importantly, for that customer. Because if you know that you're going to do the right thing, then you should stop at nothing to close that customer. If there's some stone that can be unturned, something that you haven't delved into, sometimes we go a little too fast for our own good. And sometimes the customer needs to kind of catch up to where we're at. But having your heart in the right place and doing things for the benefit of the customer and also doing them in a warm conversational manner, that is I'm going to I'm I'm going to pop your bubble on this and you already know this cuz you're a pro. That guy wanted to do business with you. There was just a dollar amount yeah. that maybe he had discussed with his wife or or yeah. in his own mind yeah. that he wasn't crossing and he wanted to buy it from you. He just had made it up in his mind and when you pushed in on that and found out where it was. And listen, sometimes you can and sometimes you can't. Sometimes it, ha it has to go to a different bed if it's really price or if it's that technology. If they're really sold on some better technology, they're going to pay the price. And, sure. and that's the, the one thing that sometimes we forget. Right. Um, 
Kevin, that was a master's class right there, brother. Thank you very much for sharing that with. I'll, I'll tell you one other thing I like to do is, you know, you're having a conversation. What people in the betting industry need to realize is they're buying you. If they don't like you, they're not going to buy your bet. So in conversation, you're going to find common ground somewhere. We are both from the same part of town. Maybe you like motorcycles. What I like to do after I present the product, and there's like that little period of discomfort where you're waiting for the customer to say yes, I like to change the subject and start talking about something we have in common. And I'll say, so what kind of motorcycle do you ride? Oh, well, I've got a road glide Harley. Where do you ride? And you have a little two or three minute conversation with them and they calm right down and you, you establish that common ground. And then you look at them and say, okay, you want to get to bed? Let's go write it up. And yeah. And mo most times, yeah, let's go. You, they got to calm them down. They got to, People don't like to be put on the spot. They, you know, you just get them off of that for a minute and talk about something you have in common. It, it works. It works for me. Um, and uh, it's interesting. It's, you know, it's something you learn over the years by making mistakes and letting people walk, but they're not coming back. I have this argument with my salespeople all the time because occasionally some people come back. They're not coming back. There's no such thing as a beat back. They're not coming back. The Once they walk out that door, you've got less than a 15% chance they're coming back. Oh, well, I have to get on my soapbox here. So if you start selling, if you're a sales pro listening to this and you're sitting there going, well, I get B-backs. No, you don't. You don't get B-backs. And I can prove it to you. Every time somebody says they're going to be back and you just let them walk out, put a quarter in the jar. Put a quarter in the jar every time. And every time they come back, take one out. You're never going to be without money, brother. I'm just telling you. Now, yep. I'm going to I'm gonna really kind of microscopically dive into this because I really need you sales pros to listen and understand this. When you start to sell for a B-back because you believe in the B-back bus or the B-back ferry and you believe that and you sell for that, you stop short of serving the customer as fully as you could and as fully as you should. And I'm sorry I'm getting preachy, but this is one of my pet peeves right. in life. We owe it to ourselves. We owe it to everything that we hold holy and dear to perform the best we can perform for the benefit of that customer. And us not selling that customer, us letting them walk out the door, that's a travesty. That should never happen. And if you start believing in B-backs, you will pull up short. If you don't believe in a B-back, if you discipline yourself to not believe in a B-back, that's the only time that once in a blue moon, you will get a B-back. But One it's not because you're selling for a B-back. You're yep. only going to ever get that B-back if you don't believe in B-backs and you are doing everything a human being can do to close the sale for their benefit, not for your benefit. And I, I have said, it, it, if, if you ask that question in the beginning or in conversation, so when you find the right bed, that you've, you can get your, you can create your own way of asking it. When you find a deal on a bed that you think's a great deal and it's really comfortable. Are you ready to get a bed? Then you can address that at the end when they don't buy. You can put it right back on them again. And I'll, I've said to customers, listen, nobody enjoys shopping for a mattress. You don't want to go somewhere else and start this process all over again. So what are you not finding here? You like the bed, right? 
So it's the price and um, go from there and it works. It's okay to be politely bold and confront the customer. Um, you're helping them overcome their fear. Another thing I'll, I'll tell the customer too, when they're, when I give you a couple more tips on selling luxury beds, if we have time, I'll say to the customer, when I show them an, a number bed, I start every customer on the number bed. I don't care if they're there for a twin for their kid, they go on the number bed. And I'll tell people, I put everybody on this bed to determine what firmness they like. And, you know, the instant comfort is 45 individual settings. So, you know, if it's a in the 20s, we'll take a green dot and put those on the spec cards that are like a 20 feel and a blue dot for the 30s in case they don't buy a number bed. But more times than not, people say, wow, this is really comfortable. What's this all about? And then when we tell them the price, if they balk, I'll look out the front window of my store and say, what are you driving? Oh, you're driving the GMC SUV out there? I'll say, you know, it's interesting. People have no problem leasing a new car, driving it 30 to 40 minutes a day for three years, turning it back in and losing $25,000 for three years. But a bed, you're going to spend one third of your life in. It's going to affect everything you do. It's going to affect your health. It's going to affect your mental acuity. It's going to affect your relationships. It's going to affect how you drive. And you're blocking over six or $7,000 that we can spread out over two or three years interest-free. It doesn't make sense. And when you, when you put that to them that way, sometimes they, they get it. And then I'll take it a step further and say a bed typically is a need, not a want purchase. It's like buying a refrigerator. Nobody wants to buy a refrigerator. Nobody wants to spend money on a refrigerator. But when you buy one with the double doors, with the ice in the water in the door, with the reach through, with the crisper drawer, Every time you use that thing, you're glad you bought the nice one. And I say, it's going to be no different when you wake up in bed every day and you wake up and you don't hurt and you feel great and your head is elevated a little bit and your feet are elevated a little bit and you just feel like a million bucks. Every day you're going to say, I am so glad I bought the right bed. And when you, you got to, you got to paint the picture for people sometimes and, and show them how they're willing to waste money on stuff. They spend a lot less time in with their bed. Good morning, Steve Hauk. Did you just join us? Uh, Steve Hauk is our biggest sponsor. And so thank you for sponsoring the show. You got any questions for Kevin? Guy Danes. Hi, Kevin. In your target market, are the men, the influencers, and the wives the main decision makers? Uh, I would say yes. I, you know, it's so hard to try to evaluate that, but I think I think we could agree that it's typically the women that drive the customer, drive the visit to the store. Because men will say, I can sleep on the floor, which isn't true, but they'll say, I can sleep anywhere. So yeah, I think typically it's female driven. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I would say that if the man is an influencer, uh, that's only in certain cultures. Uh, most of the time, if he remembers to say, uh, the, the most important words, and that would be, yes, dear, he would be doing well. So uh, in my my estimation, they're always the decision makers. Yeah. I'm joining late. I'm interested in those luxury bedding tips. Oh, you're going to have to rewatch it, Steve. There's too yes. much, man. <laughs> There's too much to unpack. <laughs> Can you try to do it quick? What were the tips? You mean the, with the five questions? Is that what you mean? Uh, no, I, I think he's talking about luxury bed and tips. You're talking about merchandising or selling Steve. 
usually a little bit of a lag on StreamYard. Stu is saying, Kevin is right. It's low. It's an excuse for the customer to leave. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent, Stu. Thanks. I tell my people and they, they get mad at me, but it's true. If someone comes into our store, they have an interest in buying a bed or they wouldn't be there. If they leave without buying, you failed. It's really that simple. We have a auto repair store next to our, one of our stores and I'll see someone come in and in the past, I've seen it come in and leave and I, and I'll say, did they, why didn't they buy? Oh, they were just getting their car fixed next door. They were killing time. And I'll say, well, that's, that's funny. There's a, there's a Walmart right there and there's a, a fishing store over there. Why did they come here? Cause they have some level of interest in buying a bed. And, uh, if you don't close that deal, um, I tell the story years ago, 1994, I was walking through a Leechmere. Do you remember Leechmere? It's like a Best Buy. And I was walking out the back to go out the door to the parking lot and they had a clearance area. And remember the projection TVs? They had a 60 inch projection TV that they had tried to deliver and the edges were all dinged up and, and it was a great deal. And I was, didn't go into the store to buy a TV at all, but I saw it. I was young. They had. They had added a five-year extended warranty and five years interest-free, and it was discounted. And needless to say, I took it home. And that's the point. When somebody comes into your store for whatever reason, even if they're getting their car fixed next door, if you can make them feel like they won the lottery and got the deal of a lifetime, they're going to go out of there with a bet. You know? hundred hundred percent. So, Kevin, somebody's... Oh, Daniel. Delivery is one of the worst aspects of our business. Yes, sir. Any tips of making delivery a smoother experience? That's a great question. No, no. What we do, one of the things I did a long time ago is anything under $1,200, I try to buy roll packed. I don't want non-roll packed. That way you can cash and carry it. Put it right in the trunk of their car, send them home or drop ship it. Um, I use Puffy and one of the, other than the fact that I think they make a good product, one of the reasons I use it is because I don't have to warehouse it. They drop ship directly to the consumer. And I have another phone company that does that. So what I looked to do was not deliver inexpensive mattresses. Um, when a customer comes in and they want a $7.99 queen, I want to have it roll pack sitting there and I want to sell them a platform base and put it in the back of their car and send it home. I don't want it to deliver. I don't want to roll trucks any more than I have to. I charge for delivery. Um, so, so many people are afraid because everybody charges for delivery. This, this nonsense of free delivery, if you really read it, it's within so many miles of the store. Oh, you want it? That's only doorstep. You want it taken up to the room? That's extra. You want us to take away the old one? That's extra. We don't do that. Our minimum delivery fee is $99. If it's with an adjustable base, it's $199. Do we waive that? Yeah, sometimes we do. We, we put a credit in, but remember, they get paid on margin. That's all calculated into margin. So they can do whatever they need to do to make the sale. But we charge for delivery. It's incredibly expensive to run delivery and to make it smoother. Um, two of the things we've done, you know, we use, uh, um, um, the same software everybody else uses, uh, where it calls ahead. And then before the driver leaves the house, they call back in to the warehouse manager and the warehouse manager talks to the customer and says, did you get everything you were expecting to get? 
Did everything go smoothly? Are you happy? That eliminates so many problems. If they were missing something, you know about it. If there was damage, you know about it. If there's a problem, you know about it. That eliminates it. That, that one thing alone would be my recommendation. So I just, I, wow, that's really, really good. So your manager actually jumps on the phone with them. Your warehouse manager jumps on the phone yes. with his retail customer while yes. the delivery drivers are still there. Yes. That's and I, huge. I learned that from rooms to go in Florida when I was having some stuff delivered. That's what they did. Yeah. So they can fix it right there on the spot. Well, then you know. Then you know there's an issue. Then you know if something's missing. You know, you don't have to rely on your drivers to let you know. And then they forget to tell you. And now the customer's upset. They call before they leave the house and say, Did you get and did you get everything you wanted? Are you happy? Um, and that's really eliminated a lot of problems. Ryan Bailey, you are 100% right. Asking for the sale is vital to close ratio. 100%. Don't ask, you don't get. And Steve Hauk, he was just saying he'd give more tips a second ago. I need a more specific question, Steve. I don't remember what I said. Squirrel, squirrel. I am. It's so funny because I am. A, if I was a kid today... <laughs> I am totally ADD. They would have me on Ritalin, and my friend Justin Trumbo is the same way. So it's hysterical to listen to us talk to each other. We just, you know, we, have, we don't have the attention span, and we talk over each other. It's fun. It's fun. It's got me creative in my ears. So, uh, Guy Danes. Oh no, Kyle Danes. Some really smart secrets you have given us today, Kevin. Thank you. Great show. Thank you. There you go. You're a hit, man. Hey. Is what I knew. Anybody else before we sign off? Appreciate y'all being here. Thanks for having me. It was fun. Yeah, it was fun. So here's something you didn't know. Yeah. Guess where I was born? Syracuse. Schenectady, New York. No, not too far down the road. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Graduated from Niskayuna High School. And then uh, I went to college in Cleveland and stayed in Cleveland for... I don't know. Nine years? Yeah, nine years, my whole retail career. And then Serta moved me to Indiana and then to Milwaukee. And uh, then I came back home to Cleveland and spent the rest of my career in Cleveland. Um, so it's a small world, my friend. Sure uh, is. The best brisket I've ever had was not in the South. It was in Syracuse, New York. <laughs> Do you know where it was, my no. friend? Dinosaur. Oh, yeah. Bar. Great place. Dinosaur barbecue. Sure, sure. They've got great brisket. Yeah. Yeah. So anybody watching, if you're a small guy and you're saying, you know, I want to play that game. You know, if you're selling $600 beds, bring in a $3,000 bed. And don't be, put a base underneath it. Get a few of them. And don't be afraid to show them to people. It's easier to cut down the mountain than it is to go up the mountain. Put them on the most expensive bed in your store first. And then you can work your way down if it's too expensive for them. But uh, And get to know people in your industry. Reach out. People like to talk to people in the industry. They like to pick up the phone. You know, you see a guy on Facebook go, hey, man, I want to chat with you about the business. What, what, what number can I reach you? Give him a call. They love to talk and share ideas. I share ideas with people all over the country because they're not my competitor. What do I care? They give, you know, and, and 
you know, getting to know Justin Trumbo, as I said, on the West Coast, he runs a, you know, runs a 24 store chain. I have 10 stores. We have a lot of the same problems. Um, you know, one of the new things I just picked up is, is, uh, a new software. Uh, I feel like our industry is so far behind the curve on software. I don't know if we have more time or not, but we it's are absolutely ridiculous that nobody makes a software that handles delivery. Well, why do I have to use two pieces of software to do delivery? I should be able to stand there with a the customer with an iPad and schedule their, their delivery. And that software should be able to route it and put it closest to the next you know, one, nobody does that, but, uh, um, what was my point? There's my ADD kicking in. What was I squirrel, talking Squirrel, squirrel. Um, <laughs> but, uh, 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 what was I saying before I got on the software topic? Uh, you were taught, listen, you've mentioned this a few times now, um, networking in the industry, get to yes. know people, you, you know, uh, Kevin's relationship with Justin is what eventually brought him on the show, which is how you're starting to get to know about Kevin. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Steve, join the Mattress Industry Network. Yes. Yes, Kevin should be. He'd be an absolute kid in there. And he said he will. So, And go to um, market. Go to the shows. Go to market. Get to know people. Get to know people in the industry. You know, whether it's on the manufacturing end or other store owners out there. They have the same challenges you do, believe me. Kevin, do you know who this Facebook user is? The thing is, it's a constant back and forth ideas. He's willing to develop new marketing ideas. Yeah, it's Justin. Yeah. Squirrel. Justin Trombo says, the thing that has been great about working with Kevin is the constant back and forth of ideas. He is willing to always develop new marketing angles and try a new direction. Squirrel. And with that, we're going to say goodbye. But Tell us, <laughs> Kevin, somebody that is watching this and they're like, hey, I want to talk to this dude. He sounds really interesting. How do they get a hold of you? Um, you can shoot me an email. It's uh, Kevin, M as in Michael, F as in Frank, E-A-R, Gmail. Okay. Send Kevin an email if you want to reach out to him and keep the conversation going. Kevin, it's a real treat getting to know you a little bit better. Thanks for and, having me. Uh, I can't wait to see you at the next market, brother. Thank All you right, for uh, coming on here and thank you for sharing your success secrets. Sell some luxury beds, everyone. There you go. Thank you. 